This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Final hour of Ben and Woods this week. 97.3 The Fan. We got Brett Boone in studio. He was here last hour. He got one more hour with us, telling stories, talking baseball, having a good time. Feels like a really nice way to end our week. Really appreciate my, him coming in. This is like my favorite thing to do in the whole world. I just, it's just so fun for me um, to, to get the perspective of, of somebody that's done it at the highest level and done it well. And, um, you know, it's great. And, and I, the thing I like about you, Brett, too, is. Uh, I follow you on Twitter, listen to your podcast. You're, there are some guys from your era who will, uh, in my opinion, I don't know that they still love the game of baseball. And I know that, that the game of baseball has evolved. And I know at some point along the way, when you were a kid and when you were coming up, and shoot, even me playing Little League in high school, you hated striking out. You hated it. You hated it more than anything. You wanted to dig a hole and die after you struck out. And you just you beat yourself up. You Probably carried it into the field a little bit, and especially you, because you were really good. You probably really hated striking out. Along the way, somebody decided, you know, at the end of the day, a K is like grounding out to shortstop. I mean, it's the same thing. It's one out. If you don't hit into a double play, it's actually better. I mean, we have Padres this year, Brett, that I would watch, and I'd go, he would strike out, and I'd go, whew, thank God. Thank God he didn't roll one over and, and, and hit into the twin killing. But I, I like that you've have tried to evolve with the game as the game has evolved. And I think there's a lot of of commentators, and I think there's a lot of baseball analysts that haven't. And they just refuse to see, you know, it needs to be the old way. We need to go through the 5.5 hole and, you know, everyone be like Tony Gwynn. And, you know, it it, it has changed. And and what are your thoughts on on the changes in baseball? You can't be happy about all of them. No, I'm definitely not. But, you know, I've learned a long time ago, and and when I was a player – you know, I had, you know, my dad just retired before I started. And, uh, you know, I had a grandfather that played in the big leagues for a lot of years that was very opinionated. And I loved my grandpa to death, and he was a big part of my life for a lot of years. Um, but I remember coming out of Padre, and you've probably heard me tell this story before. Whenever I was on the West Coast, grandpa and grandma were, they were going to go to the game. So in in San Diego, I got a lot of family here. So it was kind of like, oh, I go to San Diego, I live 50 tickets, and I got to see every aunt and every cousin, and Gramps was always there, and he was the last one, because he was, he, he was my guy, and we had that relationship. Um, but Gramps would always break down our, our generation, 
and he'd point out, and, I, and they'll remain unnamed, but he would point out current players in my generation and say, see that guy? When I played, that guy'd be in the Coast League, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, he would talk about Bob Feller, and he would talk about Ted Williams, and there was no one that walked the face of the earth that could throw as hard as Bob Feller right. and hit like Ted Williams, because Bob Feller in 1946 threw harder than anybody currently pitching in the game. Sounds like your truck driver on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. just like Bob Feller. Did. And, yeah, yeah, you know, Bob Feller did. but you have respect for your elders and Gramps at the times in his 70s, and he loved. Loves his generation, and damn it, he's going to back it to the death. And he would say, yeah, Bob Filler. I'd say, Gramps, huh? you know, I'll do respect, but Randy Johnson's pretty good. <laughs> you know? And he couldn't Ted get really murdered him. Right. He's like, no, no way. That guy over there, you know, and he always used to say, Coast League. Coast, Coast League. League. Like, you'd be in AAA <laughs> if you were playing in my generation. And, and I love that about him because we had such fun times debating and and you'd almost laugh because he, he is your grandpa like what would his generation say when they step into the box and Shohei Otani is doing right, his right now he go oh, he wouldn't be that good when, I, when we played you know anyway i made a little pact with myself that i'm going to be a grandpa and a, and, and i'm going to be a 40 year old and a 50 year old and a 6 year old one day and i'm never going to be that guy yeah. the get off my lawn guy i think you're right there's too many ex players and great players that have that attitude of it's my way or the highway and when we played it was the best and on my podcast you know i have a lot of guys that come in and out and and <clears throat> When you come with that with me, as when we played, I, I said, "Don't." That's the that's the silly argument. You know, I'll do respect. He was a great pitcher, Goose Gossage. I, I can't listen to it Goose anymore. Goose is tough, man. It's, it's like tough. Goose, you were him, great, but... but don't tell me. Make a smart debate. Tell me how we can make it better instead of we should do it my way. Let no. them go throw. Let let closers go three innings right. every time. It, I mean, it, I, it's a different time. It's a different era. It's a dick, different economic scale. Yes, and you have to take these things into consideration. So I've learned, and I think what helped me is when I retired from the game, I walked away. I mean, I have a blind spot, and I tell people that. I said from about 2008 to 2015 or 16, I don't even know the guys that played. Because I was done, I really didn't want anything to do with baseball. I didn't watch the games. And then when I woke up one day and said, I want to start getting back into the game, I started paying attention again. So that maybe helped me. And I have that attitude of, I love a lot of things about my generation. I think it's great. I think whatever generation you play in, you think that's the best. But then I look at some things of this current generation, things I like, things I don't like, things things that I, I, I wish I had. When I played, you know, this technology we have today, and not not to say to use it, the game isn't played on technology, but I was an Intel guy. Get me everything you can possibly get me. Analytically, whatever tendencies, and I'll use what I'll use. That's awesome. You know, that's the way, when you, the thing I fear about the current player, especially the young players, because they're they grow it's a different culture for them. So some of the things I see, I think that's really not that twenty three year old's fault. He knows no different because he was brought up differently. When I got to the big leagues, it was like sit down, shut up, speak when spoken to, yeah. and prove yourself. And it was almost scary going to the ballpark. Now I wouldn't have come up I, if I could do it all over again. I wouldn't have come up any other way. It taught me so many valuable lessons. 
And when I when I finally became a big league player, quote unquote, how rewarding that was because it was so hard to get through. I see the kids come to the big leagues now, and you're anointed. You come to the big leagues, and you got your own shoe in Double A, <laughs> and you feel entitled. It's true. Now the the thought process is, and I run this through my mind. Wait a minute. If they would have made it easier for me, wouldn't I be a, a, a quicker contributor to the big club instead of making me go through this through like a year haze, of like a, haze? A little hazing. Is ritual. it better to make these young players comfortable from day one because maybe they're so talented they'll they'll deliver to the bottom line a little quicker? So there's a debate where maybe maybe this is a better way to go about it. Maybe it's not. Yeah, it's not comfortable because it's not how I came up. But at the same time, you know, going into this year, we all had questions. We talked about it. What's this pitch clock going to be? Well, for a guy that last year had a uniform on was 2008, I have a lot of pride in my sport, Major League Baseball. We don't have a clock. Every other sport has a clock. So I didn't like it. But at the same time, I thought, I'm going to have an open mind about this. I'm going to watch it. I remember going to a spring training game thinking, you know, I was doing kind of this type of stuff. And all of a sudden, I was with Rick Riz, the Seattle Mariners. And by the time he was telling a story, it's like the inning was over. And I'm going, <laughs> he goes, that's a pitch clock, man. It's unbelievable. I love the pitch clock. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's tremendous. I love it's it. It's amazing. I love it. I, and I thought the base stealing thing, man, that is so easy for an elite base stealer to take advantage of this double disengagement. But the reason it was put in is to encourage stealing bases. Yeah. And now you're seeing a 40-70 Robert Acuna and everybody, oh, and, you know, Ricky Henderson's probably going, wait a minute. Hold if on. I would have had those rules, <laughs> I understand that, but that's not the point. The point is you're encouraging people to steal bases again. Now, if you get back to the way we played and people are stealing bases all the time, they might have to tweak those rules a little bit. But the brilliance is it got people to engage and start stealing bases again. The game is just moving along at a swifter pace organically at this point. It took a little probably feeling But it out used the, to move at a swift pace. Without when a doubt. I grew up, they're just, these new rules are just making them play more like they used to in the old days. That's, That's right. a great yeah. point, but I think that was the genius behind it. It wasn't shoving it down your throat. We need to change everything. It was just like, let's get back to the way we used to play in the 70s. Where games are two hours and forty five minutes, I know for you guys, you probably love it because you so watch yeah. the morning show. You've got, to cover the, you've got to cover the game, and yeah. if you're having dinner with your family and you can DVR it, you know it's not a four hour DVR get through. So from from a workmanship, from from what you do for a living, it makes it easier too to go through it. And as a viewer, it's just better. Yeah, it's just better, I, more action. I agree. And it, I, agree. It's I, I keep going on these tangents with Brett, but you mentioned Brett. You mentioned the new technologies, and do you believe like like I think I think Wids and I do that the the new technologies like drive line they've benefited pitchers way more than hitters. You have now. I think even in your day, you could count the number of hundred mile an hour pitches over the course of a season, like on two hands. And now there, were, I think there were over two thousand pitches thrown this year that went over a hundred miles an hour over the course of the season. Pitchers are throwing harder and with more movement because they've learned more biomechanics that makes this the spin and the movement more crazy. And the hitters, it's just harder and harder to keep up with what the pitchers are doing. Now he's a hitter, yeah. so he's not going to give a lot of credit to I don't the know. pitchers. But. Here's what I think. As much as the the drive line for the pitchers, hitters have those tools too on the offensive side. And I laugh, and this is a debate I have with Aaron. He says it's harder to hit, and I said, Aaron, last I checked, it's the best players in the world, best pitchers on earth, playing against the best hitters on earth. Why is it different? 
Why is it different than 1956 when it was the greatest pitchers on earth versus the greatest hitters? Now, the physicality was different, but this is this is how life moves on. This is this is. It's just the best against the best. Why is it different in the hundred? Yeah, I get it. Deaf guys are definitely throwing harder. Whether the, the, the numbers are the same guns we were using when I was playing, no. But from, a, from your standpoint, yes. In my day, if you weren't good, the guys that weren't good enough to be starters going to the bullpen. That's not the case all the time in today's game. Yeah. You're groomed in the minor leagues to be a bullpen guy. Sure. And there's monies that are put into the bullpen where you were an afterthought like hey earn your way into the starting rotation in the meantime you can be the swing guy you can be the guy that covers the 6th and 7th now elite was yeah if you're a closer in 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 the early 2000s that was a paid job but the 5th 6th 7th inning guys no that didn't exist now they're grooming guys to be bullpen guys and you can make a lot of money doing it so yes that is different i don't think the actual pitchers Yes, a DeGrom, a Scherzer, a Verlander, a Kershaw. These are first ballot Hall of Fame guys. They're still great. They're still like Pedro and and Randy and Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin. The greats are great. Greats are great. But I see more throwers these days. Nastier, better stuff, like you said, spin, velocity, sharper breaking balls. Nastier, but they're throwers. They're not pitchers. I love the best against the best mentality. It's the best against that, the that, best. What's changed? That breaks it down. A, that that, I come that makes up, sense. I come up, and I think it's about a tick and a half. It's changed about a tick and a half. And that's a lot in the big scheme. If you go across the whole the whole circumference of the big leagues, a point and a half average, it sounds like, you know, in my day, here, here's a typical hitters, hitters meeting for a series. All right, our starting pitcher tonight, he's 91-93. Uh, he might get it up to 94 his breaker ball is 84 to 86, or his breaker ball is 83 to 85. That was a typical meeting. That was it. That was the velocities. The difference now is 92 to 95 might might tick up to a 96. Well, that's a point and a half. That's a lot. What's his breaking ball? His breaking ball is 85 to 87. Well, that's different than 83 to 85 or 84 <laughs> to 86. It doesn't sound like much, it but it is different. It's just a little bit different. But it's what I came up with. So I'm used to that velocity. My brain, I train to hit a 93, 94-mile-an-hour fastball. When it gets to 96, okay, i got to up my game a little bit. It gets to 98, that's like the 100 of today. That's a different level. And if you're hitting your spots, you're in trouble. What's 100, the hard, 100 located is, is trouble. Hardest pitch for you in your career? The, the guy, like, maybe didn't throw the hardest. because you, you It handled, has nothing to do with velocity. Yeah, you handled velocity. Well, especially when you're young. You, you don't care. You amp up and go. 98, 99, if you live it over the fat part of the plate, you're going to get waylaid. Yeah. Especially when you're young. Now, when, when I was getting a little bit older and I heard oh, he's got 98, I'd be like, all right, i got to get it ready. <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different than when I was 23. What's the most devastating <clears throat> combo? For you, when you a guy that can is it speeds changing speeds is it is it location? I'll tell you the differentiate, which okay your average guy is if he throws ninety four or ninety five his breaking ball is probably eighty four or eighty five his changeup is probably ten when you start messing with the differentiate so that's why we'll we'll give a blast from the past of Trevor Hoffman coming on my podcast Wednesday beautiful it's an Odyssey podcast the reason podcast. the reason he was so great is because of arm action on the fastball versus the changeup. But it's the differentiate. So Trevor in his day would throw 93, 94, 
when normal guys that throw a changeup would be 83 or 4, Trevor's was 74. Good God. So man. you start, our trained brain says 10 miles an hour. I train to hit fastballs in eh, about 10 miles an hour. Could be 8 to 12, but it's that's how I train. All of a sudden, you start going 15 to 20. <laughs> I haven't trained for that. I haven't trained for that. 20-mile-an-hour difference. So even if you were fooled, you could sometimes foul off that changeup and adjust right. from, from 92 to 82. But right. if you were fooled 72. from 92 to 74, <laughs> you're swinging over that. That's, a different, that's a different thing that we don't train for. And those are, I've used this a lot today, the unicorns, where that's something. Hey, wait a minute. That's not what we train for. This is That's not right. fair. <laughs> that's not fair. And that's why those guys seem to have And that's why you don't see a lot of guys doing it. Because it's really hard to do. You can't get that arm action and that differentiation. So everyone asked Trevor, can, hey, show me how you do it. Show me how you do it. And no one could ever duplicate no. what he right. did. It, it, it was his, his changeup was great. Okay, Let's, that's, that's the obvious. But it was the speed difference that made it great. It's like it would never get there. Without the arm changing. Yeah. It, it, looked it just would like never get there. That change. And Trevor, it, it, obviously, great friend of mine. We've been buddies for a long time. And it was actually awkward when we faced each other. And I found late in my career, he'd throw a fastball. And this is the end of our careers. You know, he's, he'd throw a 90-91, and he'd locate a fastball in the outside corner. I mean, just put it on a tee for me. But I was so worried <laughs> about him embarrassing me that I couldn't stop sitting on that changeup. Whereas logic would tell you, I'd step away from the scenario and say, even if I sit on it, it's 50-50. I'm going to touch it. Why do I keep sitting on it? Why? Because of my vanity, and I don't want him to spin me in the ground and embarrass me again. And it worked to his advantage, and he would smile at me when I'd take a fastball like, you know, I just got away with one. There's right? one. And I'm going, you son of a... You throw me that changeup that I've been sitting on. And sometimes he would, and sometimes he wouldn't. But that was... The, man, that's the cat and mouse. That That's the one thing. I sit on my couch these days, and I watch this velocity, and I watch these breaker balls. It makes me not want to grab a bat. Yeah. <laughs> but that cat and mouse, that that chess match that goes on between you and the pitcher and the catcher, it sometimes um, sometimes it, it it expanded beyond that. But it's just such a chess match in that inner workings of the game. We don't just go up there and, well, percentages say 42% of the time he throws a breaking ball in a 2-1 count. Well, who's hitting in the 2-1 count? What's the situation of the game? Who's hitting behind me? Who's hitting in front of me? Is there a base open? Okay, you got an answer for that, analytical boy? Right. You don't. <laughs> and you got no clue, so shut up and go sit in the corner. Now, that data is great to give to me, but I'll decipher it. I am the hitter here. I will decipher it. And I will use everything I've had in my career and all these experiences and all the trials and the tribulations, the accomplishments and the failures. I will encompass all that and I will come up with a formula how I'm going to approach each and every at bat. And later in my career, I learned how to do that and I stuck with it. And sometimes I, I got my butt kicked, but over 162 games, it gave me the best chance that I could possibly have as me, the individual, to be as successful as I can. Awesome. And that's all we can do as players. That's all right, awesome. got to take a quick timeout. We'll come back with more Brett Bone. This is great. Going until 10 o'clock. Uh, check traffic and return with more. Ben and Woods here on 97.3 The Fan. Don't go away.
and get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a all right. Going to expose uh, Brett Boone to our Rindle report, and Paulie's going to give us the a couple of headlines here at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so, Paulie's got actually something very uh, very appropriate here yeah, for Brett Boone. Yeah, wasn't going to do a Rindle report knowing we had uh, Booney in studio, but was going through some of the stories and wanted to get everybody's thoughts on it, it's about that time of year, award season in Major League Baseball, and then after award season, it's the Hall of Fame announcements that comes out in January and we found out uh, who is going to be on the contemporary ballots and there were eight guys and it's headlined by Jim Leland and some guy named Lou Pinella. Oh, sweet, sweet Lou Booney. Uh, four Hall- managers, yeah. Hall of Famer. I think so. So of those four, so the four managers who were nominated, Leland, Pinella, Cito Gaston and Davey Johnson. If you look at the numbers, Leland and Pinnell are very similar, both around 1,800, 1,900 wins. Leland has the one World Series title, and Lou doesn't. But to me, Lou screams Hall of Famer. I don't me know too. why. He always just, I mean, maybe it's because he Davey, had the playing career, too. Davey Johnson, too. He won He won a World Series as well. Cito won two. <laughs> Cito won the, two. You know, back yeah. to back with the, with the Blue Jays. <laughs> I'm... And we don't have enough time for it. I'm, I'm, I've got so many opinions about the Hall of Fame and how many changes I think should be made. The Hall of Fame is about fans going. They want to see their guys. Yeah. And, and we're so, you know, I think it should be a coveted group. But at the same time, there's a lot of people not in the Hall of Fame that should be in the Hall of Fame. I played for Davey. I played for Luke. And I, I can only speak for them. Lou is just... He's, they broke the mold with Lou. I've never met an individual like him. One of my favorite men, not only managers, but men in the world. Uh, and Davey Johnson, after I played, I, I played for Davey, I played for Melvin, I played for Lou, I played for Bobby Cox, I played for the great Bruce Bochy, I played for Mike Hargrove. Uh, a lot of great names. managers. <laughs> damn good names. And I hate God. to say this at the end of the day, because Lou is my favorite, Boch is right there. Yeah. I'd like to. I, I didn't have a bad. I played with Jack for Jack McKeon. I love my time with Jack. McKeon. It was only a year, but Davey Johnson is unbelievable. Yeah, and and he wasn't. We we butted heads a lot. I mean, we butted heads. He's the second baseman. I was the second baseman. I was a young player. He was going to check that young player. But as years went by, and and I've had conversations with Davey. I said, Davey. I realize what you're trying to do. He goes, yeah, you didn't trust me at the time that I had a little bit. He would push my buttons. That's awesome. Because he knew if I got if I, I can get Brett a little bit mad and fired up about me, I, I know he plays better that way. But if I do the same thing to X in the room, he quits. So I'm not going to treat that guy wow. like that. He knew how to... He just knew. He worked you. Yeah, he worked you a little bit. Yeah. Davey Johnson's a Hall of Famer for me as well. The That's other, awesome. the other guys, great nominations. 
uh, probably should be. I never got a chance to play those two guys, though. I personally played for. I, I'd vote for both. Joe West was nominated. Yes, what about Joe what? West? I love Joe West too. I'm, West? I'm a huge Joe fan. <laughs> what? I love him. I'm leaving. He's I a, gotta get out of here. Joe's musical stylings that Joe you like? West is one of the uh, <laughs> most confused. No, no, he's not. He's not confused. We know. Misunderstood. Guys out there, Joe West was one of my favorites. And he loves having that persona of being the jerk. He loves it, but he's really not. He's a he's a he's a puppy dog. He's the. How many times did you get rat effed out of a call though from him behind the? <laughs> no, plate? no, 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 no. You know, you need to know how to work. How him. to work him? Okay. I'd walk to the plate and I'd say, "Hey, fat ass, how you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know what his response would be? Oh, Boone, oh, Boone, I see you haven't grown over the off season. Oh my okay? god! <laughs> so he's going to go to the short joke, right? <laughs> But that's our way of giving each other a hug. Now that one on the corner, that's borderline. And I'm not saying he he was thinking, oh, it's Brett. I'm going to give him the call. But he's but in the back of bit. his mind, but it, but in his subconscious, feeling about me. So it's ball. Wow, oh, it's so good. I love me some Joe West. All right, I'll All take right. your. I'll take his. I have All no right. choice. I'll take his word yeah, for he it. knows. We he don't knows. know. Yeah. And finally, uh, we'll just keep this light. There was a new poll that went out, and it was talking about some of life's most delightful moments. We'll keep it clean, though. Wanted, by the way, yeah. keep it clean. Uh, well, number nine on this list is uh, your partner randomly showing you affection. Is how they phrased it. I like that. I'd say that's a that's a delightful moment. I like when, that when my wife grabs my butt as I walk by. It's rare, but I do appreciate it. Yeah. All right. I want to go through the top five and tell me if you guys agree. Number one, finding money in one of your pockets. Never happens. I don't use a lot of cash. So I Anymore? Know, yeah. yeah. It's, it's happened a, it's a few times Oh, I left life. my debit card. It's not the same thing well, as if you leave your debit card in your pocket. My, my cash that I do have when I happen to have some cash, it's in my wallet. Like, yeah. I don't really just have loose bills Now, around. finding money on the street is awesome, but that I, hasn't but happened then, in forever. No, because because then that comes with the guilt, like who no, dropped it? So I need to no, find the person no, who just not. dropped this. It does not. No, you don't. But you think can put that on way. a pair of jeans that you haven't worn in there's six months, and there's in a twenty there? in there. You're All like, right. hell yeah! Uh, getting a surprise refund. I don't know how how often does that happen. Yeah, not like, just, I guess money you weren't expecting. Found money is great. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Either random way. compliment from a stranger. Does that do anything for you? Depends. I was at the DMV yesterday. The woman in front of me in line was a viewer. Channel 10 was very, very nice. Kept asking, go ahead of me. Just go right ahead of me. I go, not going ahead of you. You were here first. You did it, You have to wait, too. I did not. I stayed behind her the entire (laughs) time. Don't lie to me. She was very nice, but I said, no, then you'd have to... Who, then who else are you going to let? Just me in front of I would feel weird if I went in front of you in line. Well, just be careful complimenting random strangers. I, it's, it's like you can't walk by a, a girl and be like, mm, that perfume smells great. You will get punched right in the mouth, and you'll deserve it. <laughs> right you could so. say, like, I love that jacket you're wearing. No, you can't. You can't Not say anymore. that? It's 2023. Mm-hmm. You don't say a word. <laughs> be on the news. It's funny, though, Ben, because number four <laughs> on this list, someone letting you jump them in line. There you go. That's a good feeling. That is a good well, feeling. She was nice. And uh, number five is hearing your favorite song on the radio. Still hits, man. Does still it? We can play. We can play our favorite songs on the radio. <laughs> yep. It still hits when you're driving and you hear, you know, a song that you have in your in your phone. You could call it up at any time, but you hear it like, oh. Does Brett Boone have a favorite song? Yeah, favorite what band? Are you are you least? music What's guy? Your music uh, choice. All right, let's see. Keep this short. I like everything. I like everything from Eminem to Elton John, nice. ACDC, Metallica. Love it. Uh, if I'm in the gym right now, what am I listening to? I'm going to go 
Motley Crue. Nice, okay. love it. And, and I got fan. about four or five songs. I'll jump around. I'll go a couple Metallica. I even like some current covers by Miley, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Love her covers she that slays. she does. She's kind of gotten into the rock. The rock, scene. yeah. So yeah. Love that. Yeah. Uh, Whiskey A Go-Go, she has a couple tracks out. I really like it. And, you know, I'm watching. She was on these little kid shows. <laughs> yeah. Every, Miley, who, who the hell's Miley Cyrus? Oh, no, no, it's that guy with the uh, with the haircut, his daughter. Yeah, Billy, Billy, Billy Ray. Yeah, 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 Billy Ray Cyrus. The, no. Yeah, she slays. But uh, I like that. So I'm, I'm all over the map. The current stuff that my, my kids, kids listen yeah. to. Really not into it. Yep, oh, I so, get it. That's fair. It. Do you yeah. like Creed? People in the chat say you look like Scott Staff from, from Creed. Creed. I can see that. From the side. From the from side. The, oh, They're accurate. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I, I'd like to say he looks like me. He uh, does. You know, he looks like you. You know, instead of the, but I've heard that before. And from the side, I kind of go, oh, my God, he does. From the he side. Kinda, <laughs> you know, I turn go, the camera. Okay, turn your head to the camera. Really, so, yeah, give, give us the profile. The there the you side, go. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He does yeah. look like me. That's really good. He does look like Brett. <laughs> so I, I'm a huge Creed fan. That's excellent. Out, outstanding. Thank All right, you, Paulie. We promise we're actually going to talk about the actual current playoffs in the last segment because, I bet as we I don't. said, we're going to run out of time if we don't get to it. One segment left with Brett Boone next year with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fam. We got Caesar, who's brought some uh, of the Mason Ale Goals Blue Line beer. More of it, because uh, Matt Savant brought some in last week, too. But they got the home opener tonight at Pachanga Arena. If you're a Goals fan, they're already 2-0. They won their first two road games. They got the rival Ontario Rain tonight. And uh, they sell those, isn't it, uh, Friday night? So they do the Friday night $5 special for the Goals Blue Line beer from Mason Ale. And Caesar, appreciate you bringing that Thank in. You, Brett's going to take some appreciate home. Appreciate you. As well, so uh, yeah, we're. You guys lost weight, I believe. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly. All, all the healthy people in here, but uh, beer bring, is always appreciated. Bring salad next time. Yeah. <laughs> just big salads for everyone. Big salad. <laughs> That's yeah. true. They do an IPA salad. Out I'm there. counting my macros, yeah. like the uh, Boone children. Yeah, all right, we're gonna fi- finish up with Brett Boone talk about the current playoffs. I promise. Right after traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, so uh, Bruce Bochy and the Texas Rangers could do no wrong in the postseason. Until, of course, the last two games when the Houston Astros once again reasserted themselves. Why are you deli- taking delight I'm in this? Not, he's I'm he's not. taking I love Boach. I love Boach. Cover Boach, one of my favorite people. You said yesterday. I said. <laughs> all right, so they're giving me a hard time, Brett, because. I said. I, you know, Different Boach, like many managers, ago. can be a little overrated. The manager is not the guy who's doing it out there. And that is accurate. He's not a magician. He's a really good manager. He's a steady guy. 
He's got a great touch, but it, they're not winning games because of Boach. They're winning games because they're hitting and they're pitching and they're good players. And now, you know what? The last two games, Boach didn't forget how to manage. <laughs> Boach didn't become an idiot the last two days. It's not his fault either. It's baseball. No, he threw really bad front toss and had the guys just couldn't get locked in uh, on the game. Pre-game so. speed. Boach is nowhere near doing front toss. No chance. No He's maybe a crossword puzzle in his office. <laughs> When's the last time he hit a fungo? 1998, maybe? Yeah, both of But, Ben, you, you got a good point. Thank you. Players do win and lose, you know. There's there's not too many times. Maybe I overindulge in this story, but I, I say it all the time. There's not too many times after a game, we came in after the game, sit around with the guys after a tough loss and said, man, Skip really screwed us today. You have told us that story. <laughs> it's like, yeah. never. I mean, maybe, yeah, what was he thinking in the seventh bringing in so-and-so or pinch hitting? For, but, like, so rare. So rare. I can count on one hand in, in all my time playing. So it isn't. It's the great ones manage personalities. The X's and O's, especially nowadays. And that's the long for, game. The X's and O's are easy. It's managing individ- It's managing yeah. personalities. It's it's knowing when to get you worked it's up getting like David Johnson. It's getting the best out of each individual. Putting them in position is giving them the best chances to succeed individually and collectively. That makes a great team. Yeah, I love the stories. You know, Boach you know, will, will lighten the mood with a little wisecrack <laughs> after a tough night, and he's so good at that. But that's the long game. You manage personalities in the offseason, in spring training, over 162. But when it comes to a short best-of-seven series... Yeah, you, you try to put your guys in a position to succeed, but you win or lose based on what they're going to do on the field on any given night. Now, the other series, I was impressed with, with Tori Lovello's at least candidness when he took out Brandon Fott, the rookie pitcher who threw yesterday and was dominant. Five and two-thirds innings, two times through the lineup. Nine Ks. Nine strikeouts. Uh, they weren't touching him. And all of a sudden, Kyle Schwarber's coming to the plate. And he is right out there on the mound taking him out. And that could have gone. Woods made a great point earlier. He said, that's a no-win situation for the manager. Because if they go on and win the game like they did, no one's going to remember that he pulled his starter back then. And who knows what would have happened if a third time through the lineup. But they they lose that game. The bullpen guy comes in and gives up a home run to Harper or Schwarber or whatever. You're dead. You are the manager who took out the guy who was pitching great. And you're an idiot forever if you do that. Correct, without a doubt. Yeah, um, you know, I saw that. I saw that move, and I wholeheartedly disagreed with. Okay, because I think they're the great managers of today. There's a combination. You you take that analytics, you take the computer, but you take individuals, you take personalities, you take heart. We're not robots. There are different guys. A look. A feeling, I might ask you a question, I could care less the answer, I want to hear how you answer it. And when you go to the mountain, and I'm not, you know, that might have been a conversation that Lavello had with a young Fought. He knows Fought better than I do. Sure. He lives with him for 162 games. He knows by a look, a subtlety, the way he answers a question, if he's got it or if he's done. There's something, And that's on you but, as the manager to know the difference. You go out and... And if you've got a Max Scherzer, you have to have that relationship. There's got to be a trust there. And you've got to know, okay, I know when he talks like this, he's done, he's done. but he's just talking like this. But every, don't, all, due, all due respect, Brett, you know more about baseball than I will ever know. But every pitcher has their limit. 
you can't throw a guy out there for you know 14 innings. They're going to get tired sure. at some point, and they may have the look, they may have the tenacity. At some point, you got to take him out. Don't you want to do that before he falls off the cliff? Before he gives up the runs, Isn't as opposed a, to you know two batters too late. Right, and that's why I, I I'm not I'm not that guy when this happens to yell at the TV because I'm going. I need to know the backstory. It, the the craziest thing is always like, how did he he hit him on purpose? What's going on? I'm always not that, yo, yeah, we need to get him back. Right. I said, there's always a backstory. You don't know why he just drilled him in the face. There could have been something from two years ago, and he finally got the opportune time. The opportune time. That guy that just got drilled, he knows why he got drilled, and that guy that drilled him knows why he drilled him. <laughs> we don't know the backstory. We just know his fans. What's he thinking right there? There's always more to it. So I take Lavello, even though as a – as a person sitting on the sidelines, not knowing the the intricacies of that relationship, I say I'd like to see him pitch more because he's locked in. But maybe you're right, Ben. He knows the limit, and he knows when Fott gives him that look or he sees something that he's seen all year long, that's time. So who am I to question that, somebody that's on the ground doing it? Isn't there, too, a, a thing when, you, when you're starting a rookie pitcher, and he's a rookie, and mm-hmm. he's 24 years old, and he's had some good moments, and he's had some bad moments, too. Mm-hmm. Isn't there something in a manager's mind that says, I'm not going to press my luck here. Like, I'm doing... Get him out with a good feeling. Get him out with a good feeling, because we need him again. Right. And, like, There's, if he goes five and two-thirds, he struck out nine, bro, you were locked in. We need to save a couple of those bullets, bro. Good job, and we have a really good bullpen. If it does blow up in his face, I think you can, you know, again, Tory knows, like you said, he knows those guys. Bob Melvin knows those guys. Dave Roberts knows his guys. Um, we do put a lot of We always love to see after the fact and go, well, obviously you shouldn't have done that. Well, yes, clearly. Clearly, I shouldn't have hit on 16, uh, you know, with whatever they had showing. But, but the book says you the should The book hit says on you it. should. Right. That's right. That's exactly well, and, right. and I think that's a little thing we get into nowadays because it is so analytical and the technology is so vast. Is you make the move the computer tells you to move to make, and then after the game, when the press hits you, you go, well, I did what the computer said. Right. And the press goes, yeah, he did do that. So in some ways, it's a little bit of an easy way out. But cover your own ass, <laughs> without a doubt. And exactly. now you can just go to technology. Hey, that's what that's what Siri said. The numbers told us third time through the, the order. The number that blah, told blah, blah, us blah. Right. right. I didn't use my gut. I still think the great ones. When it comes crunch time, when it's a tough decision, the great one have the, the great managers have the great guts. The eye test too. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, he may have seen a pitch yeah, from right. thought that goes ooh right. That, we got away with one there. Right. I've seen all year. When he does this, and it just could be his mannerisms sure. taking the mound, what he said to him in between innings. Yep. We, don't know. we don't know. We're not privy to that. That's right. So I'm, I'm, I'm the last guy to critique until I know more. and Because and, it's not what it is always just on the surface. Well, and so when you, you see what the Diamondbacks are now in the series, the Astros are really back in the series uh, in Texas. How do you see the rest of this playing out? Do you... Um, I, I still feel in my gut, which means nothing, I feel like it's going to be Phillies Astros. I do. I feel like the Rangers are, are cooked. I, I just do. I feel, I mean, you're going to get another Ivaldi start, which is good, but that'll be the second time that they've seen him in the last week. I think, I don't think he's going to be able to fool the Astros. They've done it too long. I, I just, my gut tells me Stroh's Phillies uh, for the championship again. Well, I looked yesterday and I watched that Arizona Philly game. And uh, obviously getting out of Philly, that home field advantage is about as good as I've seen. 
That's about as big an advantage as I see as the 12 teams that entered this postseason. Uh, Got to Arizona. It's like Arizona had so many opportunities yesterday to win, and they barely won. Yes, I'm with you, and I said this from the get-go. What the Phillies have going on right now, that it factor, they are as hot as anybody. Now, a week from now, World Series, they might have lost that. You don't just keep that level of intensity. You don't just hit two home runs a game and keep it going. And it's whether it's Schwarber, whether it's Harper, whether it's Trey Turner, whether it's Castellanos, whether Real Muto's getting big hits. They're all just rock stars right now, and that doesn't last forever. If it was that easy, uh, you'd see that all the time. So... And all credit to Philly, how they played. They played like rock stars. They got beat yesterday. I still think I'm with you. I don't see a recovery. Philly's a better team than the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. They just are. Agreed. Diamondbacks have had an unbelievable showing in this postseason. I think it put them on the map. I think on a national level, people didn't really pay attention to the Diamondbacks. Now, all of a sudden, you know who Corbin Carroll is. You know who Amarte is. Uh, but I would be shocked if they beat the Phillies. On the other side, I looked at Texas. They finish. They hobble into the postseason. They lose three or four to the Seattle Mariners. On the last day of the season, they lose the division. They go from sleeping in their own bed, having a bye, to flying to Tampa Bay. Well, took care of business. They won seven straight. Now, all of a sudden, they've, they've, they've lost two. Houston, in this scenario, no one's talked about Houston all year because I think we've gotten so used to them being so good for so long with this group of core players. Don't sleep on these guys. No, and when man. they were 2-0 and Boach had them down and the Texas Rangers had them down 2-0 and Texas playing perfectly, I said, percentages say, history says, 0-21 when you lose the first two. At home. Yeah. At home. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Don't, this Houston team is the exception. They're not scared. They're not going to panic. They have too much experience collectively. And they play too well on the road. And believe me, when they got on that plane after being down 2-0, and going on the road, don't think they didn't look at each other and go, they know we kill it on the road, and we've been doing it all year, and we're going to do it again, and now all of a sudden it's 2-2, and it's a little spooky. I, like you, Woods, no, no, the opposite of you, the Rangers are far from cooked. But it's a series it's now. Such a it's a series now, <laughs> and this Montgomery guy's well, this been, game today been a guy this like Suarez. Huge. Been like Suarez for the Phillies. Nobody talks about it. Everybody's talking about Wheeler and Nola. As Suarez just Amazing. keeps dominating, that's what Montgomery's he doing. Has. He's been doing it all year. He pitched, I think, six or seven scoreless his last outing. You follow that that up with Evaldi, and Verlander's been so good. Can he do it again? This would be like his fifth great start in a row if he can do it. I don't know if he can, but I like Montgomery. I think it's going to be a great series. I can't call it at this point. Yeah. I have to stick with my original, and I called Rangers. Okay. But this isn't going to surprise me. It's two me out of way. three now. I mean, yeah. anything, yeah. In, in baseball, this isn't any, anything surprise can me happen. Way. But I, I would do say I get the sense that even though <clears throat> the Astros didn't have a great regular season, almost missed the playoffs, actually. And, <clears throat> yeah, the Braves won so many games, the, the Orioles won so many games in the American League. The Astros really still are the best team. Until no someone proves otherwise, top the Astros bottom, are the best. Well, they're the best team. Well, the Rangers do. They have a weakness. That bullpen is a weakness, and they've done great, and Boach has navigated it well. But the Astros are thinking, if we get into that bullpen, over time, we will get them. So the key to them is knocking Montgomery out early. They get into that bullpen. That's their weakness. Everybody knows it. Uh, but when you're at a two two out of three situation, 
anything could I mean, happen. The, the A's well, could and, beat and the 98 you know, Yankees. You, it's two out of three. Sure. It's two out of three. You it's see something. the Phillies and the way that series is playing out, and it's just emotion all over the place. You really don't see that from the Astros, do you? No, kind of like silent killers, man. Yes. Yeah, the assassins, and they are those so, are the scariest ones. They've got. It's just they got so much experience. They got. They've the been thing. there seven years in a row. It's like oh, well, it happened to Bray who turned it on now after he had a poor Abreu's season. Been huge. And yeah. nothing oh. from Tucker. He's one of their best hitters. Yeah. Tucker led the league in RBIs. Yeah, He's one of their best hitters. But this is going to be a great series from here on out. And and I, if Arizona even makes it a series, I'm going to be overly impressed. Sure. But they got two more in Arizona, so you never know. Oh, it's great stuff. Brett, you that was fantastic. It. That was amazing. Uh, anytime you want to come in, we're always happy to have probably you. probably do this again, not like three years from yeah, now. Yeah, no, just no. kidding. Keep Stand killing in. it with the podcast. Again, it's uh, it's available on the Odyssey app. What do they search to find it? I think the Boone. Boone. The Boone, Boone or the Brett Boone podcast. Brett Boone. Pretty, just pretty search it on our Odyssey app. Check it you out. can find that one. Absolutely great guest like Trevor Hoffman coming up. As you just said, you definitely don't want to miss it. That's it for us. We're going to skip the flubs this week and get right to uh, Coach John Cantera coming up next. Uh, great week, everybody. Really appreciate it. Paul Rindle doing uh, such hard work as our executive producer, imaging director around these parts. Uh, Stephen Woods, it was uh, a great, nice, full week with you. Today. There it was yeah. nice, yes. All right, for everybody, I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great weekend from all of us here at San Diego's number one sports station. We'll talk to you on Monday at 6 a.m. right here on 97.3 The Fan. Take care.